I'm Zach Weiss, and you're listening to Across the Cavs on the Basketball Podcast Network. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome inside the latest edition of Across the Cavs on Solstice Day, also known as the shortest day of the year, December 21st. 2022 it's barely one o'clock eastern yet by the time this podcast is done it might be pure darkness out there but that's okay because we got another night of nba basketball which actually celebrates its 131st birthday today yes shout out dr james naismith my hero personally speaking if that's the game of basketball and it was first tried today in 1891 at outside the Springfield YMCA. So shout out to James Naismith. Happy birthday to basketball. And on that note, we bring on two guests for today. They host the On the NBA Beat podcast. They know exactly what they're talking about. And if you need a take and you want it read perfectly, you ask either one of these two gents, Warren Lee Chen and Aaron Fishman. It is great to be back with you guys. It's been almost, I think, almost nine or ten months. It's great to finally get together again. Thanks, Zach. It's great to be here. Likewise. Thank- great to talk to you again, Zach. Yeah, and Lauren, I guess I'll ask you for a prediction right off the bat. The Karis Levert trade happened the one of the times when we were on and there was a second time i i can't remember the the other was it the jared allen trade it was or? the uh the sexton injury news sexton that's, being shut down for the season that's right so twice when i've been recording with lauren for on the nba beat once colin sexton was ruled out for the season after only supposing it was only diagnosed to be out for four to six weeks and we found out that Karis LeVert was coming to Cleveland. So we're going to find out as we go today if we get news. The Cavs aren't really in the market for anything. I guess they weren't for Donovan Mitchell either. But anything can happen. But nonetheless, we go into today's episode. And Aaron, we'll, we'll start with you. No, you're more of a West Coast guy. But, you know, your, your squad's already played the Cavs this year. The Cavs sit at 21-11. and 11. They've won four in a row. Can you envision them actually winning the Eastern Conference this season? Yeah, I definitely can. I think that that's not a stretch to the imagination at all. They're um, right now the best net and defensive rating, um, tied for 11th in offensive rating. Were you more interested in regular season playoffs, like emerging from the East, or, or just however I wanted to answer? Because I think it could be a little bit of a different answer. But, uh, well, either way, I definitely see it possible. I think just given their youth and inexperience at um, the highest stage, the, the biggest stage, it's um, remains more to be seen whether or not they're at the stage of their development where they can get to the NBA Finals. But at the very least, in terms of best record in the East, I see them right there with the Bucks and Celtics. Okay, no, so this would be... Uh, this is more, Aaron, uh, can they actually, when the playoffs start, can they win 12 games against fellow Eastern Conference teams to make it to the promised yeah. land? That's a taller task, but 
They beat the Celtics twice already this year. Now that's different than in the playoffs when uh, when the whole country's watching. But um, it'll be interesting to see also what they do against against the Bucks this week. Um, but I think they're right there. I think that until they do it, I'm going to have to give the benefit of the doubt to the Bucks or the Celtics just because they've been there, they've done it. But I would not count out this Cavaliers team. I think I'd be foolish to do that. Yeah, understandably, the Bucks are getting Joe Ingles back tonight, who I, I personally think for them. Another fellow Aussie, shout out to his mate, Del Vadova, just because. Uh, Ingles is a guy that can really change a game. He's the best three-point shooter in Utah Jazz history. And you know how many great players they've had over the decades. And now he's coming back. He's healthy again. So I'm very curious to see how he fits in. You know, that team will get Middleton back. He'll be out tonight. So the Cavs won't see them at full strength. But my personal thought right now is the Bucs are the team to beat. They're the one team the Cavs have struggled with. So I'm curious tonight with Lamar Stevens and Dean Wade, who are both likely out, how they can defend Giannis. But Lauren, we'll go to you. In your eyes, could we see the Cavs possibly winning the East in the postseason in the 23 campaign? Yeah, I echo a lot of the points that Aaron said. I think there's a road there for the Cavs. Um, you know, I probably put uh, better odds on the Bucks and Celtics, but, you know, even historically as the Bucks and the Celtics have had more playoff experience, th- both of those teams have had, have tended to make things hard on themselves when it comes to play playoff series. Um, just giving away games that, um, they should should win both uh, against teams that they should beat. So I think there's a road for the Cavs there. Um, I do think that it's rare and difficult for a young team to advance that far in the playoffs all the way to the finals in their first year making the playoffs as a team. And especially with uh, Coach Bickerstaff, um, his only playoff experience was when he was the interim coach of the Rockets, and that was a first-round exit um, many years ago. Or not many, but like in 2015-16, uh, right? Yeah, um, so the playoffs are just a, a different beast. I think, you know, they have the talent and the ability, as Aaron said, they're number one in net rating as of recording time. Um, and I think they've gelled even more as the season has progressed, especially the pairing of Garland and Mitchell have gotten used to playing playing together. So it's something I really want to keep my eye on. Um, I personally have a small sum of money on the Cavs winning the East at te- plus 1,000 right now. I think that's a good money bet. Um, do I think they're more than, you know, uh, 10, 15% chance of winning these, maybe not, but I think there is a path there. Uh, yeah, that is a bet that everybody should be hopping on if if they haven't already. I'm I'm absolutely with that. I look forward to you cashing out as the Cavs enter the NBA finals. And that universe, I'm not picking that. My thoughts is as you guys know, listening, you know, throughout the, the pods on this regular season, I am very high on what this team is doing. 
you know, you have to go back 25 years for the last non-LeBron Cavs playoff team. And mm-hmm. what we're getting with Donovan Mitchell is something we haven't gotten from a non-LeBron while winning games in a really, really long time. You know, when you think about the earlier years and some of the performances we'd see from Mark Price and Brad Daugherty, when Mike Mitchell in the very early years of the Cavs would go out and score, when World Be Free you know, was having his day. We haven't had a ton of unbelievable talents. And so even by the time this season is finished, we're going to be having discussions already. Is Donovan Mitchell the best shooting guard in Cavs history? Is he a top three player in Cavs history based on impact, performance? Now, we can't say whole career, but as far as, as what he's done in the uniform in a short amount of time, Absolutely. And we have a lot more to talk about today, folks. We will step aside for a word from DraftKings. The NBA season is heating up and there are still so many unknown factors. Like how many games the Cavs are going to win? Who's going to win the East? I'm looking to get in on the action, I bet, with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can bet just $5 pregame money on any NBA team to win their game. Get $150 in free bets if they do. Check this out. Right now, everyone can earn up to a 100% boost with DraftKings. Stepped up, same game, parlays. The more legs you add, the bigger the boost, the bigger your shot to win big. I'm looking right now to pick the Cavs to beat the Knicks today and then the Lakers and the Kings in the next two. Might even think about going SGP. Mitchell points, Garland assists. Why not? So download the app now. Sign up with code TBPN. Place a $5 pregame money line bet on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's code TBPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. On Across the Cavs, joining me, Warren Lee Chen and Aaron Fishman from the On the NBA Beat podcast. And Aaron, I will start with you, and I know this is always a tough conversation for anybody to have because we've all got different favorite teams. We all see the game a little differently. But on the all-star conversation, how many do you think the Cavs will be placing in this year's midseason classic? I don't know, but I, I think somewhere between two and four. I think, um, not I think, Donovan Mitchell is a lock. Um, I would assume that Darius Garland will will get in, but we'll have to see who else at, at that position is, is in the hunt and what the Cavaliers' record is at that point. And then I think that it would be nice to see either Jarrett Allen or Evan Mobley get in. I know that may be a little bit difficult. There are a lot of big men in the Eastern Conference who are very good. Um, but the Cavaliers are playing extremely well. And so I'd like to see that happen. It's always difficult also to make it as a first-time All-Star. It's so political. If you've made it already, like Garland has last year, it's easier to get in. That shouldn't necessarily be the case in a vacuum. With Garland in particular, he's definitely deserving. Um, But I always believe that way more people deserve than available spots and so it's always difficult to talk about kind of frustrating because you always get so many people saying that that 
this guy should be in and this guy should get in, but they don't say who should have been left out. So um, that's my long answer. There are four guys who I think are in the mix to make it and hopefully three make it. We'll see how many actually do. All right, yeah, I'm with Mitchell being a lock. I hope Darius gets in, although I could see some other explosive young guards. I could see if it comes down to it. Unfortunately, I could possibly see Tyrese Halliburton getting in ahead of Darius Garland, being the assist leader in the league, being on a team that's still kind of relevant enough to be in the discussion. I don't expect Mobley to get but the fact that he's shooting 56% this year, you know, it is – Pretty similar production. His rebounding has been getting better. His shot blocking is certainly better. He's had some great performances. I mean, Jared Allen this year is averaging about 14 and 10. He was averaging 16 and 11 when he got in last year. But Rudy Gobert got in, what, five times, averaging the exact same numbers of 13 and pretty much 14 and 13 with a block or two, so or two or three blocks. Centers is just very objective is are they popular among coaches? So, We'll see. But Lauren, where do you stand on the Cavs all-star count in conversation? Yeah, I think, you know, Donovan Mitchell's a lock. Um, I think it's likely that Darius Garland could could get in. Although, you know, as you mentioned, there's a, even in the guard spot in the East, it, I think it's less steep than the bigs, but there are a lot of guys that deserve men- mentioning. Uh, we can play the game of Let's ma- name some guys. Or like, what what about this guy? Um, Halliburton is a contender, as you said. Um, a lot depends on how much we're factoring teams' record when we have this conversation, as always. So, like, how would you consider the case of a guy like Demar Derozan um, or Trey Young? I know is having a re- somewhat down year, but for the Hawks and the Hawks as well, but he's, he's always a guy whose name is in the mix, similar on that team, Deshante Murray. Um, even guys like uh, James Harden, depending on if he, uh, yeah, I mean, he has a name recognition, which is always useful in all-star games, even if, you know, statistically he's not necessarily having a James Harden like year. Uh, Jalen Brunson as well. Um, a guy that's in the mix. Uh, you always have to mention Kyrie Irving as well. So we've already named like a ton of guys who at even at the guard position have cases and that's not even uh, considering the guys who the other probably like uh, Jason Tatum, J- Jalen Brown, um, questionable if they'd be considered guards. But, you know, those are in the mix as well. So there's a lot of competition and then even more probably for the big spots. Um so much, so many elite guys. I know. I mean, Jared Allen is a a huge difference maker for the Cavs. Um, but I think he's, as you mentioned, he's hurt by the fact that his counting stats are don't jump off the page um, immediately. Even though you know he makes a huge impact, especially on the defensive end, and the Cavs being the top defensive rating team in the league right now. Um, but among the top teams in the East, who you would compare against Jared Allen for that spot, maybe like you have the debate of does Jared Allen deserve the spot over a guy like Brooke Lopez, who's having a huge impact for the Bucks, or on the other end of the spectrum, like P- 
people who are big, putting up big numbers on bad teams, like someone like Chris Porzingis. So there, there's a lot of debate to be had. As Aaron said, you know, a lot of the times it gets political. A lot of times people have different definitions of what it means to be deserving of an all-star spot. And as always, there's more people who have who have the resume than can get spots on the team. So I think it, it'll all come down to who's it, also the injury situation at the time, who's who's available and which teams are doing well at the time. Yeah, I had yeah, forgotten yeah. that Jared Allen actually got in last year. So my apologies on that. I didn't remember that he was an injury replacement. No, that's that's fair. I I watched the game. I watched all of All Star Weekend, and I didn't even remember that he made it myself. So no, that's 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 fair. And those are some really good points, Lauren. You know, I think about, you know, I don't I don't know what position he's considered for in the All Star game, but I think Pascal Siakam, with how good he's been, is going to mm-hmm. have a strong one. Obviously, you got Giannis. We're talking front court players, Tatum, you know, Embiid, and Embiid, and also in the competition, you know, with Allen, we'll probably see Nikola Vucevic, who just by stats is a, is a high impact player, but obviously impact on the game doesn't matter in the all-star conversation, mm-hmm. you know, out of bio. Yeah. Pam out of, I don't... In the mix, I think he's in I the mean, mix. I don't expect, I don't know if I'd anybody. take him over Allen, but in the, in the conversation, I would say. Look, I don't know if I'd even place Jimmy in the game because he's missed so many different contests for so many things. Hopefully they have a requirement for games played you know, for that. But I think on the guard side, Kyrie probably gets in. If he, if he, if he plays enough, James Harden might be excluded for missing a month, but he would be mm-hmm. in that discussion. Otherwise and in a down year, Trey's averaging 27 and 10 assists. Right. So he'll, he'll certainly be there. I don't think we'll see him and DeJounte. I don't, I don't expect to see Murray. I don't expect to see Bradley Beal. I don't expect to see Kristaps either, but you know, we'll, See, I mean, I, I think for the Bulls, DeMar has a chance. I don't think we get him and Levine. I think it becomes one or the other. I think for the Celtics, you've got to put both wing players in the game just because of how good they've been. You know, so we'll, I don't expect Brunson or Randall, but if the Knicks keep this up and the guys keep playing 46 minutes a night and putting up per 30, per 48 numbers that align with 48 minute games because they're playing every second, then maybe only on a tips mm-hmm. team and you play in that many minutes, you know, and then obviously from Orlando, I don't think they're ready yet, but Boncaro and Franz Wagner have been incredible to watch this season mm-hmm. as kind of breakthrough guys, one in his second year, one is a rookie. Sure. He's the first overall pick, but Paolo's kind of come in. He helped them on a six game win streak He's been really productive. You know, we'll, we'll see. Obviously, KD will be starting the game. We'll be in the MVP conversation. And, you know, we'll, we'll see. But I, I can't wait for the All-Star game voting. I can't wait to get mad when every guy that we all like gets snubbed either. <laughs> what it's about. But, okay. Yeah, I mean, I think for the, for the Cavs, you know, the other thing is it's – somewhat difficult because of the politics we said it's hard for them to get three or four potentially in when you know you mentioned the other teams it's most likely no other team in the east is going to have more than two maybe Milwaukee if they get Giannis Drew and Brooke but 
that's also you know both Drew and Brooke are on the on the margin there, right? So that that's another thing working against them, I think. Yeah. And one just quick thing to piggyback off of what Lauren said, which I think was an excellent point um, related to the counting stats, specifically when you look at their front court and Jared Allen and Evan Mobley, both of those guys are huge shot blockers and really good rebounders. So if you take either one of those guys off the team, first of all, they're not nearly as good, but second of all, either one who remains on the team would be gobbling up more rebounds and, getting more rejections um so that would boost their superficially their their stats but th this would just not be nearly as dominant of a team as it is yeah that's a great point and it's kind of like what we see in detroit now that Jalen duran has been inserted in the starting lineup where he's playing with isaiah stewart a lot and, and they're kind of both grabbing a ton of rebounds or both playing 30 minutes they're not going to win anything i don't understand the move because neither Stewart kind of shoots. Now, I like it for fantasy because I picked up Jalen Duran and he's killing it. As a Pistons fan, I'd probably be like, what on earth are they doing? But uh, it's a good point, you know, and the Cavs did struggle mightily with Jared Allen out this season. It was only seven games, but Evan Mobley struggled a bit more at the five. They put Diakite in a bit, kind of gave Robin Lopez some minutes, but it, it's very clear how important Allen is when he's in versus when he's out. Now, guys missing games doesn't help the cause because the All-Stars are supposed to be the guys that play every night, but we'll see. And now, speaking of Jared Allen, Lauren, we'll start with you, and then, Aaron, you follow. Uh, would you call Jared Allen an elite big man in today's game? Again, I think it has to do a lot with uh, your definition of elite. Um, I think he has a profound impact on the winning of the Cavs I think probably to um like as much as anyone on the Cavs maybe other than Donovan Mitchell this season um and in terms of the Cavs identity I think he establishes it possibly even more than Mitchell uh as from a defensive standpoint um but when you as you as you referred to when you look at the centers around the leagues this year and you know in this era there are just so many um people who i think you would indisputably put in front of uh jared allen you know so many so much of the mvp table year after year is made up of people in that big man five spot um i don't think you're having a debate of whether you'd rather have like Jared Allen versus Nikola Jokic, right? Or Joel Embiid. Um, even um, as you go farther down that list, like Zion, I think you're almost almost 100% taking over Jared Allen. So by that standpoint, I don't think he's... I I, I would put, put him in that category of quote-unquote elite. But I do think, you know, phenomenal... Uh, second to 2A, 2B type option to have on your team and like um, great impact on winning and probably one of the main driving forces of how, why the Cavs have been so successful this year. Yeah, no doubt about that. That's a great point, Warren. I, I agree that in certain discussions, you know, you wouldn't call him elite. You wouldn't compare him to the best of the best. 
but certainly a guy that has arguably the second biggest impact on winning in Cleveland. You know, Aaron, what are your thoughts on Jared Allen and the E word as we'll, we'll call it. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't have said it better myself, Lauren. I, I think that if you are forcing me to answer this question, then I'll say, no, he's not elite, but it's so subjective. He's elite in his role. I'll say that. But <laughs> if you look around the league, guys like, even Avica Zubats of the Clippers, Clint Capella on the Hawks, those guys do very similar things. They block shots, they rebound, they score efficiently. Um, Zubats scores about, actually about, now I'm trying to, I'm looking at it. I think he scores less than, than Allen, but um, yeah, but Capella, um, Sorry, both of them score score less than Allen. Zubats but, only scores ten uh, a game. So that's that's very surprising. He's not the player. Well, they, a lot of times. Well, he also they play small lineups sometimes. Yeah. Um, he also had a 29-29 game. I think it was against the Pacers, um, mm-hmm. last last month. But anyway, um, yeah, those guys do similar things, and I think Jared Allen is better than both of those guys right now. But then you have someone like Rudy Gobert who's who's um who's better and and uh I mean you can put all of them kind of in the elite category but that's a little bit too many elite centers in my opinion and then you have people like Anthony Davis or Giannis Antetokounmpo that they're it's just comparing apples and oranges they're they're also tremendous rebounders and shot blockers but they do other things. They, they score a lot, but they, they shoot at a high volume and, and they're the go-to player on their team. Whereas Jared Allen is like the fourth offensive option for the Cavs. So um, I'm not comfortable calling him elite quite yet, but if you look at his numbers for December, if you were able to replicate that, I think for another couple months, I think I could get there. It's just it's just so difficult, but yeah, um, he's he's darn good, and he's 24, so I think we can all agree on that. Yeah, I'm, I'm absolutely with that. You know, very well said. There are a lot of great bigs out there, and he, of course, does have some room to grow. So I am excited to see, you know, what the future holds for Jared Allen, a guy who I, I love. We still got him under contract for several years. He's young. No, he's still even still filling out. So I'm very excited, you know, for his future with the Cavs. All right, guys, number four here on the list of topics, almost to the end here. Are there any past teams, Aaron? I'll start with you that this year's Cavs reminds you of. Yeah, um, I was thinking about this last night, and Popovich led Spurs teams actually came to mind um, in the early 2000s. And they won the title in, I think it was 03, um, with David Robinson and Tim Duncan. I'm not I'm not comparing Jared Allen and Mobley to Robinson and Duncan yet, but um, you have those two big men. You have um, your you have a you have um, an elite defense. So um, they were top in the league in defense then and and um, as the Cavaliers are now. Another thing that I, I looked at that was a similarity between those teams was the pace. They both play at a very slow pace. Right now the Cavs are playing at the slowest pace in the league. 
and uh, the second slowest is uh, the Luca led Mavericks. Um, but so those factors kind of kind of remind me of those Popovich Spurs teams in the early 2000s. And then also the Spurs of 2016, 17, they had Pau Gasol and uh, Marcus Aldridge there in the middle and they were an elite defense with tony parker running things they ran an extremely slow pace not as slow as these calves but pretty slow and um it was kind of a, a balanced attack too with a lot of scorers they were a lot older they had ginobili parker the other guys that i just said who were aging and aldridge and gasol um leonard was a big time scorer kind of like how donovan mitchell is now but Donovan Mitchell is a bigger scorer than Leonard was then. But, um, yeah, so just throwing a, a couple Spurs teams out there. And I know that's high praise. And this Cavaliers team hasn't done big things yet or for long enough. But as you can tell, when I'm invoking a legacy like that of the Spurs, that means I'm really excited for what's to come in Cleveland. And that's actually a really good comparison. You know, you think about the Thank star you. score – Kawhi Leonard for the Spurs, Don for the Cavs, you know, the two bigs, Aldridge and Gasol, you know, with Mobley and Allen. And what I really like that you didn't mention that maybe kind of sneaks in there, you have a veteran that's kind of past their prime a bit in David Lee for the Spurs coming off the bench, where the Kevin Cavs Love, bring right? Kevin Love off the bench mm-hmm. kind of in a similar role. So that's, that's, that's a, a really, that, that's a really, really good comparison. You know, maybe got, a yeah, Danny Green. We don't really Cavs are still lacking the Danny Green. If anything, that would be Jetty Osman off the bench. But no, that, that's a good one. That's first team was the year, unfortunately, where uh, Zaza Pachulia decided uh, Kawhi Leonard shall not walk for for a bit of time, and they ended up being a sweep. But that team went sixty one and twenty one. It was number two in points allowed, whereas the Cavs have a very high defensive efficiency so you know i like that i like where your head is at and what the spurs is as far as ball movement and next man up and how about you how about you lauren do you have any teams from the past that these calves remind you of yeah so you gave us a prompt uh, earlier of um any teams we're reminded of where uh an off-season trade or uh, some sort of trade or roster movement move them from, you know, a fringe playoff team into a uh, title contender slash finals contender. And I feel like it, it was a little hard to think of anything like that because I don't think it usually happens. Um, usually, I think these blockbuster trades, when we've seen them in history, they've move teams probably more likely from the bottom of the pack to the top, right? You think of something like the 08 Celtics um, making the trades for Allen and Garnett. Uh, One thing, one team that came to mind, I guess, was um, the move that the DeMar DeRozan for Kawhi Leonard move and Toronto winning the championship that year. Um, You know, in just in terms of how that trade affected the team, um, maybe we're seeing a similar s- sort of effect in Cleveland. Um, Donovan Mitchell putting in a season in his in his first year with the Cavs that puts him probably at this point in the season in, I guess, maybe 
I don't know how far up the list of MVP candidates you'd put Donovan, but I would say top five, top 10 at least, right? Um, especially during the stretch when Garland was out and he was dominating. Um, and then uh, obviously stylistically, the that Raptors team is totally different from, you know, um, this Cavs team and they weren't necessarily built on youth as either, but um, it's again, it's just fairly rare to see, you know, that kind of uh, movement because usually you worry for teams that are in that fringe playoff area that they're going to get stuck in the middle. That That's the type of uh, dynamic you see much more often, like maybe maybe historically you 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 would see the the history of the Portland Trailblazers for the last decade where they're year after year somewhere in between you know five and ten um that that's usually when you're there either you have to bottom out first before getting a superstar through the draft or you make you you yeah you go down and then trade your future for a superstar but with the Cavs and the move for Donovan Mitchell both retaining a lot of their youth and talent and also adding a superstar that's that's really rare I think yeah this is certainly a revered move already it's looked at as one of the most important deals the Cavs have ever made and yes the Raptors did indeed go on to win that title and Little different scenarios with who was moved, but, you know, definitely wasn't easy for the Raptors to trade DeRozan after how much he'd given them, how long he'd been there, the player he'd built himself into. And I guess in a way, and it's nowhere near the same as much as we all love him and even still do, Colin Sexton had shown incredible flashes, but wasn't part of winning basketball at least yet or hadn't been. And I think they really they saw a chance to get someone that had been in the playoffs five straight seasons to start their career, and they went for it. And so, in a way, the Cavs parting with Colin is similar to Toronto parting with DeMar. Very small similarity because DeMar, I think, had been there eight years or nine years, mm -hmm. and Colin would have only been coming into his fourth, but or rather his fifth now, I should say. He played three healthy seasons, got injured early last year but no those are you know some good comparisons always love the Blazers teams you know this Brandon Roy could have played more but and it's crazy he never advanced in the playoffs Lamarcus Aldridge didn't advance in the playoffs until he got Damian Lillard you know it's it was it was fun you know all the different guys they had some of them still in the league surprisingly impressively Wes Matthews Nick Batum you know, I remember the years with Marcus Camby, Chris Kamen even went there for a bit, Joel Prisbilla, you know, uh, Steve Blake, feisty one. And I know Aaron being an L.A. guy, you get a lot of Steve Blake. But, you know, those are, uh, those are some good ones, you know. And I don't have any others that immediately jump off the page. But the one I did think of just based on timing might have been Harden to Houston. Although I believe now that I'm thinking about it, it happened just after the season had begun. So I think he had played two or three games with the Thunder, then got traded. But nonetheless, you know, it's it's a trade that's definitely helping 
and one that we're going to be talking about, you know, for, for a long time. And then, guys, uh, final uh, question slash topic, a brief one, but I mentioned I would throw this at you before we began. And so we'll do it. Cavs have made some relatively big tra big trades in the last couple of seasons. Obviously, the Mitchell trade was the biggest. We're excluding that because of how recent it was. Aaron, and you'll get a question, then Lauren will get a question. And if you know the answer, you can swoop in for the other person. We're going to look at two Cavs trades. One that was made on February 6th, 2020. The second that was made on January 16th, 2021. I'm going to see if you can remember who the Cavs traded for to acquire said players. Should be interesting. Okay. So, Aaron, we're going to go to you for the first one here. On February 6, 2020, a move that the Cavs felt very different about the very next season, the Cavaliers acquired Andre Drummond Woo! from the Detroit Pistons. <laughs> Do you remember which two players they sent to Detroit? Ooh. And I, I'm not going to get any clues here, right? I can tell you that they're both out of the league at this moment, but one of them played a couple games in Dallas last season. Lauren, do you want to swoop in? I have no idea right now. Well, what did you say the date of the trade again was? February 6th. 2020 that was pre-pandemic it was a whole different world that oh that that world didn't that world is uh that's a parallel dimension now i have no idea you I... want to tell us what position or i don't uh, know yeah one of them was a center and one of them was a combo guard okay <laughs> deadline trade me. right um for andre drum and Cavs. so went to the pit these guys went to the pistons no they yes uh, yes yes Okay. I don't know. Was Jody Meeks involved? I, oh, I wish the cast had had Jody Meeks. No. <laughs> I don't think he was ever yet. Uh center. I should know the center. I I don't know. I I have no idea. Alright. I mean, do we have any guesses or should I uh, once you the tell answer? me I'm gonna be like, oh yeah. Um but I, I don't even have any decent guesses. How about another another hint? Um one of them shares the initials with a popular American food fast food chain. Initials of a, an American. I'm guessing it might be BK, but I don't know. Ah, uh, yes, it is. Who's but I don't BK? know what. Uh... Brandon Knight. Yay! Yes, we got one. <laughs> nice. Good job, Laura. BK on the Pistons. Yep. For um, the second time, second stint with Detroit. A great. Uh, Aaron memory of a, a Clippers highlight. <laughs> Let him know the Andre, Andre Jordan talk. Yes. Yep. <laughs> nice reference. Um, Any guess on the big man? What, what are the initials of the big man? Oh, that's going to. Uh, all right. How about. Uh, whatever, whatever or other former got, teams. He was traded to the Cavs in the Devil Vadova trade. But didn't play uh, until the very next season because of injury. Um, I believe he has so, started a playoff game in the NBA. And I'll give you so from the Bucks. That means, I guess. Yes. 
He's played a playoff game. Started one, I believe. He started. Uh-huh. Uh, if he hasn't started one, he's played twenty five minutes in one. Yeah, and how quickly history leaves our minds of these of these trades. <laughs> I don't know. You can you can say it. I'm fine with you. All right, John Henson. Ooh. Oh, North Carolina Tar Heel, right? I yep. don't. I don't even remember Henson on the Cavs or the Pistons. But yeah, well, I vaguely remember that he was a Cavalier, but um, yeah, I didn't remember that he's twenty nine games with us, eleven games with Detroit. He's only thirty one, but he is out of league. So just to confirm, did he start a playoff game? Yes, he started two games and averaged thirty seven minutes in those two games in seventeen eighteen, blocking seven shots in seventy four minutes. But okay, one more trade. Wow, that that's shocking. Yes, yeah. He, it was that guy when he was healthy, but he was never healthy, unfortunately. He was never filled out. He's always too thin. Mm-hmm. You're playing center in a in a kind of grown man's league, and your tooth eventually it wears on you, uh, which is it's unfortunate, but okay. One more trade to talk about. This trade involved way too many names, but we're only looking for a couple. This was the James Harden trade where the Cavs brought in Jarrett Allen, and now the question is, the Cavs included two players in this trade between Houston, Indiana, Cleveland, and Brooklyn. Do you remember which two players the Cavs shipped out? This trade, you know, as a Rockets fan, is much clearer in my memory. Um, So I know the Rockets received Dante Exum. Yep. In the trade. Um, in terms of the other player that the oh, wait. Cavs shipped out. I might be wrong. Um, I might have been the only player. I'm sorry. That was it. I got that wrong. Do you remember which other player the Cavs acquired with Jared Allen? That's what I meant to say. That's my that's my mistake. Mm. Forefront in Can my memory, all I remember is that Dante Exum and James Harden came in <laughs> can you tell us which team the, the player the cavaliers acquired came from brooklyn oh okay um, number 12 hmm. he's still in the league oh, now. i also i also remember that karis levert was involved in this trade yeah because we when we Indy. spoke last year i remember when the when the karis levert trade to the Cavs yep uh landed I remember we discussed how they were both involved in the same uh, they meaning Jared Allen and Karis Levert were both involved in the same four-team trade mm-hmm. uh, who else went it's to the Jeff Cavs Green. though it's not Jeff Green is it no he's never been traded to the Cavs he hasn't been traded in a long time for all the year times he used to get traded at the deadline to between Memphis and uh, Memphis and the Clippers, and, uh, the Celtics. He hasn't been traded in a long time. But but he has been a Cav. Yes. Right, yeah. Seventeen, oh. eighteen season. He was a sixth man. Sixteen, seventeen. Seventeen, eighteen. Whatever. It was one. It was one year. I think it was. He went to Cleveland after Orlando, I believe. Yeah, I'm not gonna know this one is, either. Is he still in the NBA? Yeah, he's on still Minnesota. Still on Minnesota. Torian Prince? Yes, sir. Bang, bang, oh. bang. Ooh. <laughs> I don't know where I pulled that out. 
somewhere somewhere deep 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 you're listening you're listening to prince right now and because prince had that prince the timberwolves did a prince jersey tribute not for the the icon rest in peace but for the eventual arrival of torian prince (laughs) that's what they did it for if we're being honest rockets also got oladipo in that trade you know, I think he played. He played. He was playing well. Then he got hurt, and then eventually mm-hmm. he got shipped to Miami in that weird Kelly Olynyk trade that sent Olynyk to Houston, where he was an absolute beast, and he parlayed that into money with Detroit. Parlayed that into a starting role on a weird Utah Jazz team. Mm-hmm. That got traded for pennies. Uh, no, I'm sorry. I got traded for Bojan, which is even weirder, but. Nonetheless, I think we could go down the trade rabbit hole all day. And we got two months to do that. Trade deadline show won't be for another two months. So we're going to hold the rest of the trade talks. And just want to confirm, I have not actually looked at my phone over the course of the recording. Aaron or Lauren, have we had any trade news since we started? I haven't looked at my phone either, but. I'm not, yeah, I'm not great with, with uh, keeping up with, with breaking news in real time. Not, not really a, a multitasker, but I, nothing that I'm seeing as I'm looking right now. Right. I mean, this morning, the Woj bomb was that Travis Schlenk was stepping down from the Hawks. And oh, wow. I hadn't even heard that. Yet. I, I just knew about the role. Carlos. So it's kind of, it's a promotion and a demotion at the same time. This Landry is totally Field off topic, is now the GM, but... essentially, which is pretty cool because we all wow, we all that, watched him play. Yeah, yeah, so that's... I was going to say, this is... Sorry, just really quick. Carlos Correa was pretty crazy last night. Another <laughs> sport, but anyway, <laughs> that was... that's a really left-field tangent. Yeah, that's... That I can, uh, I can say a couple Jordan sentences vibes. on or not. <laughs> like, like where, who, who went to his house? Who was locking him out? Who, where was... <laughs> Who is tweeting the rocket emoji? You know, like where where was all the drama? I think there'll have to still be a feature on it. I don't know if all the details have come out yet, but that was pretty wild. Yeah, it's it's mm-hmm. certainly going to be something, and well, we'll see. We'll see if the Mets spending more money than well, they're basically putting the NBA salary cap to shame right now in over in uh, Queens, New York. But we'll see if they actually win anything or. Because in baseball, every time a team spends all this money, makes all these trades, they never actually win the next season, and then it gets broken up. So it was the 2016 Padres, the 2011 Marlins, and I remember there was a Blue Jays team that did a lot, bringing in Jose Reyes and some other guys, and they didn't win anything. So we'll see if you can build a team in one offseason. I mean, they already had a good team, but they're bringing in eight, nine, ten guys. The Padres even did that a couple of years ago and didn't win anything. So we'll see. But nonetheless yeah. – Nonetheless, you know, it's, it'll be fun. Lauren and Aaron, a pleasure to chat with both of you today. Thanks, Thanks a lot. A lot Zach. So much fun. Yeah. Yep. So for Lauren and Aaron and on the NBA Beat podcast, I am Zach Weiss. This has been the latest edition of the Crosscast. If you like what you heard, head to Apple, Spotify, iHeart, wherever you get your podcast. We're there waiting for you to tap, play, download, and share with your friends. So until next time, adios.